Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Okay, this could potentially be a very dangerous episode. I'm recording this right after I got back from the gym before I have eaten anything, uh, which is usually a very dangerous recipe for me. I'm the kind of person that like I come back from the gym and I need an immediate snack. Like something has to be ready for me. An ideal world would be I'm at the gym while Keith is here cooking dinner or something and then I come back in the door and it's like the perfect timing coming hot off the stove. That would be the most beautiful recipe I could ever dream of, but that's not usually uh, how it works. <laughs> but uh, you normally like I I need something or else like I'm getting little shakes, little shivers. So I'm going to try my best to be as energetic as possible because we still have a, a body full of endorphins right now. And I have a lot of, I think, nervous energy, good energy, and uh, what's the right word? Like anticipation, I guess, for this upcoming week. So I have a lot to just blabber about, which is a great time to sit down and record a podcast. So the funny thing is, is that I don't know why. I think I've been kind of like shy about admitting this because I'm nervous, but this is my official exam week. I don't know why. I think I was feeling like if I shared my exact exam date, like the day I'm going to be, you know, logging onto the computer to take my certification uh, test for personal training, that everybody would know, like, this is when she's logging on. Like, what if she fails? That's really what it comes down to. I was scared to admit when the test was so that if the case happens where I wouldn't pass or something, then everybody would know. And that would be kind of embarrassing. And I want to say if you don't pass, you can retake it after 48 hours or, or something. So if I didn't tell you the exact date, like at least I could give myself like a two-day period of mourning and silence before I would have to re-enroll. But who cares? You know, I I have confidence in myself and I feel like you need to have that first and foremost. I, I know I am prepared. I know I am um, academically driven that I'm going to get in my time and my study hours and to, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to crush it. And we have to have that confidence or else, you know, why would I be going into an exam already setting myself up for failure? So it's it's this week. It's happening this week. I'll let you know um, when I pass. I won't say if. I'll let you know when I pass. But send some good energy my way. I I feel like it's just been so anticipated because, well, for one, it has been. But also, like, I I signed up for this exam in February of 2021. If you're not familiar with the whole breakdown, let me give you the quick synopsis. Here's the quick recap. I enrolled in this course in February of 2021. I made a video about it. You can go back and watch it. I want to say I bought the course on like February 15th, something like that. And I was like, this is happening. I'm My goal is to be done in the next six months. Uh, or I think I even said in the video, I wanted to be done in like two to three months, which was very bold of me, I guess one could say. But uh, bottom line was that it didn't happen. It didn't happen. 
for a whole number of reasons. I fell off the bandwagon. I didn't know that my examination date had a expiration time. I knew that like I would only have access to the course for I think it's two years. Like I could go online at any time and look at the textbook essentially. I knew that I would have that for 10 years, but I didn't know that I only had 180 days to take my test. Apparently, you know, I should have read the fine print. I didn't. We live and we learn. So I um, was prioritizing my mental health all year long. Wahoo. Go at, go mental health. <laughs> and then finally, I was like, I think I'm ready. I think I'm ready to dive back into this. So I went online and I figured out that you have to repurchase the exam for $200, which is such a little load of baloney, but you know, whatever. And essentially, I've been doing this round of studying since February 2022. So it's been, I would say, if I'm going to be honest with myself, like cutting out vacation time, cutting out Taylor slacking around time, it's been about five to six weeks of me like actually putting my butt in gear and reading this entire textbook. That's another freaking thing. So I'm obviously very nervous and worried because I think that's just how you get finals week, exams, whatever. But the funny thing is, I decided to do this course completely on my own. I forget the term for it. I think it's just self-study. But you can buy um, a, a program through NASM, the the course um, proctoring that I'm doing this through. You can buy it with a teacher. You can buy it with kind of like a guided study where maybe you do like weekly check-ins. There's different options. And I, for whatever reason, thought I was like fully capable of doing this on my own. Clearly, we live and we learn. Here I am one full year later. But I have never in my life sat down and read a textbook, ever. Like my entire academic career, never have I ever once sat down and read an entire textbook front to back. I've, of course, like read and skimmed or I've done some in class or homework or studying here and there, but never ever once have I read an entire textbook. This is the sole, like singular time that I've ever done this. So if I did very well in school, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but if I did very well in school, because I did then how would I do worse on this test where I'm essentially giving myself more access to more information and and doing better on the studying scale? You know what I'm saying? Like if I was studying worse back then and I still did well, how could I possibly screw it up so badly this time around when I'm doing way more? And honestly, it's it's annoying. I, I'm excited for this to be over with because I'm annoyed with myself talking about it. I'm sure you're probably a little bit annoyed to some extent too. Like even with my friends, like they're probably like, Taylor, you need to calm down. I've like canceled plans left and right. I'm like, I'm sorry. I have to be strict with myself. I have a test. I have to study. And then I'll turn on Survivor at the same time because I don't know how to put a, a fire under my, my booty until, it, you know, it's freaking twilight the day of. But it's true. Like I've been so dramatic about it and I think I'm just nervous because it feels like a completely different field for me. You know, all your life you like have, you have a teacher to guide you or you are taking classes in something that you're really passionate about, like in your major, let's say. I never took classes in personal training. Obviously, that's why we're here. But it just feels maybe because it feels like a, a different representation of who I am or or who I'm I'm aspiring to be, like I've never been tested on my fitness knowledge and I think that makes me nervous. I think that is truly what it is. If I really break it down, I'm scared that it feels like almost a personal reflection of who I am and also my credibility. And then not to mention 
I have this loud mouth where I decide to get onto a podcast or film myself talking about how nervous I am. And then you all know how nervous I am. So you're kindly cheering me on when in actuality, I'm just like, we've got this. We can do this. It's it's like so bleh. But I'm just ready for it to be over with. I am in my final week of preparation. I figured I would take you through like some of the things that I, I like to do best on this final little week. If you're rolling around into final season uh, soon as well, this might be helpful. Or if you're just somebody who loves to brush up on your study skills knowledge, <laughs> this might be the section of the podcast for you. I think for me, one of the best ways that I study is just taking an enormous amount of practice tests or practice exams, quizzes, anything. Thankfully, the course that I have has a plethora of them. There's quizzes after every single section as well as every single chapter and every single uh there's one after every lesson, every chapter, and every section. So there's a whole bunch of options. Not only that, they also have practice exams that are also available for you to take, which I have taken, I think already I've taken about 10, which was really funny. So I took an exam, I'm going to say like in March, when I had only read like five chapters or something nuts. And I was like, I just want to see, like, you know, what would happen if I just had to guess on half of these questions. And I got a 69. I got a 69 reading only four chapters. And I think a 70 is passing. Actually, scratch that. I know a 70 is passing. And so that totally like boosted my ego, probably a little bit too much. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm cruising. We're cruising through this. If I can do that with no knowledge, what would happen if I have all the knowledge? So since then, I've obviously, um, I've passed the practice test. I've boosted my score a little bit. And that's, that's helped me tremendously. I think it gives you some confidence. But I would say the one thing with exams is sometimes like, you know, it can help you prep for what it's going to feel like the day of. But oftentimes, I think you get scared of making any mistakes. But I would actually say that's one of the best things that you can do when you're studying for something to learn from every drawback that you might have. So if there's a question on there that you don't know, don't be afraid to get it wrong. Like first of all, you're practicing. That's the whole point. And second of all, I think you learn so much more from your mistakes than for the questions that maybe you got accidentally correct or the ones that you already knew. I will always like somehow drill into my mind the questions that I got wrong because I'll study them or I will remember something about them the next time the question comes up or something similar comes up. Or I'm just like so plagued by it, I have to go back and and research so much more about that section or that particular topic that I now am learning even more than I would have if I had gotten the question correct. So don't be afraid to make your mistakes. Don't be afraid to just take as many quizzes as you want and fail or pass or however you look at it because that is how you're going to get yourself mentally prepped for your exam. Not only are you getting your mind prepped, but you're also getting... Uh, psychologically prepped just you know to be in that mode also I guess this is a huge thing I didn't even think to write this down but I have never taken a test on my computer I've never done this kind of like proctoring thing and there's actually a whole bunch of steps that you have to take to make sure like your computer is equipped you even have like proper things uh set up with you like first of all I had to go onto this website to make sure like my computer was a-okay I had to use chrome they only wanted chrome they didn't want safari 
I think I could have used Firefox or something too. I had to make sure I had a working camera, a working microphone, just all of like these kind of basic things. Um, but I, I didn't know that my computer had turned off my ability to use the video camera on Chrome. So if I hadn't have checked that, then like morning of the exam, I could have been in big fat trouble, you know. Uh, another thing, at least for this exam or maybe with others, I'm not sure, but I have to provide additional credentials. So one, I have to have my driver's license next to me, basically, you know, proving who I am. Two, uh, also with um, your NASM CPT exam or probably most CPT exams, you also have to show that you are CPR and AED certified. So I have to have like a little card printed out ready to show them as well. So I have that like sitting at my desk ready to go. And I also think, you know, it's going to depend on which kind of proctoring system that you're using, but I have to bring a mirror or my phone, something that I can show the camera that uh, will reflect my workspace that I'm working at, that it doesn't have like any um, paperwork, it's not supposed to, answers, things like that, you know, just making sure you're not cheating essentially. But I would have never known any of that. Like I would have never known. And I thought to do it the other day and thank goodness I did because otherwise I would be probably a little bit freaked out the morning of. And that's the kind of stuff like you want to eliminate. Like morning of you just want to be eating nice, good breakfast, having your coffee, like nice and chill, relaxed. And you get yourself all prepped in the mood, go to the bathroom, you start the test. And that's exactly what I want to ensure for myself. So if you're doing any proctoring in the near future, you're doing an online exam, just go through those little steps beforehand. You never know like if your computer is all whack or something. You don't know. You got to make sure you're all good. Um, oh, okay. Sorry. Back to my study tips. Teaching myself concepts. That's freaking huge. I think you will learn more by teaching a concept to yourself or to somebody else than you would if you were just sitting there like staring at a textbook because that's how you're going to practically apply the information not only um, verbally out loud and, and to somebody else but if you're going to be using this in your field out in a, a gym let's say in my circumstance that's how it's actually going to be applied so if I'm just sitting here reading a textbook it doesn't mean anything if I don't know how to actually put this into action so if I'm, if I'm talking about a concept and I'm talking about it out loud um, I think that's going to have a way better comprehension on my end and also will help me just be able to communicate better moving forward. I also think it's kind of funny with anything personal training related. If I get to a question that I feel like maybe would make sense if I acted it out, I'll do that. And I'm kind of hoping I wouldn't get called out for doing that in the middle of the exam, but it helps me so much. Like if we're talking about a bicep curl or something and we start talking about the muscles that are used or which muscles are um, an antagonist like the opposing muscle essentially I want to be able to like pull out my arm bend it like I'm doing a bicep curl and like think about it visually sense like sensationalize it and if I if I do that when I'm studying I like to do that when I'm like also taking my practice exams but if I'm going to be having this guy proctoring my exam guy woman whomever and they're watching me is it going to be like Hannah Montana trying to do the bone dance and she's getting all called out by her professor because it looks like, you know, she's cheating? Are they going to think I'm cheating because I'm trying to do the bone dance in the middle of my exam? I really hope not. But in my case, at least for studying, acting it out helps so much. Maybe I'll just be like kind of discreet, but um, it makes sense. Like so many of these things are so practically applied to our bodies. And when I can 
visually do something or I can what's the word like it's tangible I guess nah that's not really it but kind of if something feels a little bit more tangible to me then I I think I understand the concept more and I'm just a visual learner to begin with or um, tactile is that the word I'm looking for I'm gonna roll with it whatever. So yeah, that's the best way that I like to teach myself these different concepts. Uh, Not to mention when you're doing these kind of like national exams or really anything, like when I was learning a certain subject in AP AP push, A push in um, high school or uh, AP Euro, AP English, any of those, you can go on Quizlet or any kind of flashcard app or something. And there's already going to be somebody who has made 1000 flashcards on the things that you didn't want to make flashcards on. So I've been using a lot of those and they're extraordinarily helpful, especially some of the ones I found have exact questions that I've seen on my practice exam. So that's nice to kind of just like refresh your memory and I'll do it maybe before I'm going to bed. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters, May 17th, Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Or like first thing in the morning when I'm making my coffee, just kind of like flashing through um, the flashcards. Could you imagine that? Flashing through the flashcards. What a genius concept. I also wanted to mention some of my absolute favorite things that I've learned through this process. I think I've said this time and time again, but the reason that I wanted to actually sit down and take this exam and to take this course was 1000% because of you all. I... Well, I guess 1% of that could also be because I'm very passionate about it. But we're going to say 99% is all because of you. And that is because I have always felt that once I kind of started to identify myself as somebody who makes a majority of my content in the fitness and, and lifestyle space, I felt like I was almost like a fraud if I didn't have anything to back up what I was saying. And in the beginning when I was making my videos, everything was very circumstantial and experiential. And that's totally fine if that's your approach. That's how I would like do my challenges, let's say. Like I would just say this is from somebody like you. I'm an average Joe. I'm just doing this to see what happens and it's all for fun. And I would explain that. But at a certain point, I felt like that just doesn't cut it anymore. And also I, I really was always nervous. I would say the wrong thing or I would accidentally spread misinformation because I just didn't know better. And that started to really bother me because I never wanted to be that person that was inaccurately spreading information on the internet, especially when it comes to something like fitness, which is such a universally uh, loved and um, demonstrated field. Like you you meet mostly anybody in it and anybody could be like oh yeah I went on a walk today or oh yeah I, I went to the gym this past week it's something that so many people involve themselves with so anybody could find a video that I make and if I'm saying something wrong and they don't know that it's wrong and I don't know that it's wrong then what if we both lead ourselves down a very slippery perhaps dangerous slope that's something I've always been very concerned about and I felt like it was a hopefully very 
wise and smart thing to do to make myself a more responsible creator. And that's just my opinion. If if people out there don't have any credentials and they're still making fitness content, it doesn't mean that they don't know anything. I mean, just because I signed up for an exam doesn't mean I'm better than anybody else. Absolutely not. But I think it at least helped me gain a better understanding of so many concepts that maybe beforehand I I didn't know much about. And also this is just the beginning. You know, I want to continue to better myself and, and to learn. And I had also made a promise to myself a long time ago that I would never share uh, like specific workout routines. Like let's say I film like a, a YouTube video and I share like, or uh, what do you call them? If I was filming a YouTube video and I was doing like an at-home workout, like a let's think Chloe Ting, Caroline Gervin, I'm in my living room, you're following along with me. I promised myself I would never do something like that until I actually had some credentials because otherwise it could be just me throwing together some exercises and hopefully they are fun or hopefully they work and you like them. But that was just something I I made a promise to myself about a very long time ago and now I can hope that once this this week is over and once I pass, when I pass, I say hopefully that everything is just going to be on the up and up and also it could unlock like a whole new world of content options for for me and for you and you know to to put myself into a lot better of a creative space doing more things with my channel and I'm just being again a more responsible creator also I feel like because of this like last month where I've been studying nonstop, I've really had to put my phone and shit away and I've talked about this numerous times but it's really had me like take a backseat on um like TikTok and Instagram content. And for that, I apologize. Even YouTube, like I've missed a few uploads because I just couldn't, like I would just be like, I'm sorry, I have to prioritize studying this week. But now I'm like ready to finally get like full back into the game. And I actually think that's a good thing. I think it's a a fun thing to flow, ebb and flow throughout your your creative process because otherwise you can just get very, you can get very overwhelmed very quickly. You can get very burnt out. And the way that some algorithms work nowadays, it does not lend to any sort of uh, creator mental health, honestly. Like, especially TikTok. TikTok uh, supports creators who upload multiple, multiple times a day. And I've seen videos suggesting, like, if you want to grow on TikTok, you need to be posting over, I'm not kidding, over seven videos a day seven videos and this is just a suggestion I'm not saying that this is fact or anything but I I kind of believe it and if you have ever tried to do something like that unless you are literally filming like a 15 second clip not even thinking about it not even editing it and posting back to back somehow seven videos in one day not only is that absolutely absurd it is so time consuming and I kid you not that is not sustainable for anybody who is not a full-time content creator you couldn't just do that if you're in school or you're working a nine-to-five like you can't just casually upload seven videos when when I'm trying to do that it's difficult for me like I reach five and I'm like oh my gosh I just did like people are probably sick of me I just did five videos in one day it's a shit ton excuse my cursing being a little crude right now but uh it, it doesn't lean to supporting creators when like you're you know like for me like I'm trying to better myself outside the space I step away for a few minutes and then all of a sudden like you feel like you've missed everything or I haven't been able to just take a a break and not feel behind it's not great 
Anywho, <laughs> I forgot what my tangent was even about, but the whole point of this was for me to start sharing some of the favorite things I've learned from this program. And there are so many, this won't even cover half of it, but top of mind, like the first thing I think about when I think of all of the amazing things that I've drawn from this program, so much of it is very factual and like, that's kind of boring to share. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so amazed by the way that the muscle spindles work. <laughs> like you'd be like, okay. And we're turning off the podcast. No, I think thinking about things that are also beneficial for just an everyday person to know and to learn. Um, one I just recently spoke about in, I think my last vlog is the entire component of enjoyment. There is a whole chapter dedicated to different elements that make a great training program. And a lot of them are like very um, traditional things that you would naturally think of. Like, okay, uh, frequency, how many times a week you should be working out, what your intensity should be like, what type of workouts are you doing, how long will they take. But when I was reading this, this one little component struck me so profoundly, I have not been able to stop thinking about it. And it and in addition, it was like subsequently, you know, we're talking about frequency, we're talking about intensity, time, type, and then they throw out enjoyment. And it was one of those things that you could almost breeze over if you weren't being cognizant or like absorbing the material in that moment. But it literally like stopped me in my tracks and I like picked up my vlog camera and I'm like, hello world, we must talk about this. Because I have always been so passionate about sharing how wonderful and important enjoyment in your fitness space is. And it wasn't until I was like reading that one little section that I ever saw it almost like backed by anything because I kind of always felt silly. Like I would say, oh, it's so important to enjoy your workouts. Like I would always envision in my head when I would say something like that, that people would uh, take that to mean like I'm weak or I'm not pushing myself enough. Like that's not, your workout must not be challenging because you're enjoying it. But that's not what I mean at all. What I've always meant is that you you can't just live your whole life doing all these workouts that are just gonna make you resent that time that you have for yourself. If you even have that time for yourself, you know? Maybe it's like a, a really freaking rough week and you only have 30 minutes to move your body. You're gonna go do something that you don't like? Hell to the no. That's just, I mean, that's just my opinion, but apparently up until this point, it was just my opinion and now I'm reading it in my textbook. So just knowing that my textbook that I'm reading also validated <laughs> validated that made me so stinking happy because it, it basically said that we overlook enjoyment and it's actually one of the most overlooked things in programming for a client. You don't think naturally, okay, well, what are they going to enjoy? I remember the first time I ever worked with a personal trainer, it was Justina, Justina Ericol, fellow creator. And I remember she asked me outright, what are some of your favorite exercises? And also, what are some of your least favorite exercises? Because I will not program them for you. And I thought that was so important. And it wasn't something that I often always get asked, but it stuck with me because it showed that she wasn't just giving me a cookie cutter program. She cared about what I was doing and also how I would be sticking to my program because if she was going to, you know, program for me a workout filled with burpees and I tell her I hate burpees, then I wouldn't want to do it. You know, like it, it makes it 
less fun for me, less fun for her. And when we're considering that enjoyment factor, it just makes everything so much more, well, for God's sake, enjoyable. (laughs) It really does. So I don't know. I just felt like I had to rant about that 400 times because it, it was so satisfying to know that I wasn't just talking out of my ass and it didn't just make me sound like a total pushover or, uh, yeah, like weak, I think is maybe the word I'm looking for. I always thought if I'm preaching about enjoyment, people are going to see it as weak, but that's not it. You can enjoy your workout and you can still push yourself and you can still be challenged. And I will take that to the grave. Another incredible thing I learned through my programming is basically how incredibly smart our bodies are. Obviously, like I think this is a very kind of known thing that our bodies are a very interdependent machine. So yeah, you might have like your arm doing this thing over here, but you recognize how your arm's even doing that motion by going through your entire system, like that your brain had to send those signals. And then you're, you're talking about your nervous system and your, and your muscular system and your skeletal system. And also your trunk that's supporting uh, the ability to do any of those things. You know, I think that's something that I've learned. Like I, you know, I've taken anatomy and physiology classes throughout my life, but actually realizing how like just how cool our bodies are kind of made me have an even bigger and better appreciation for them. There was a lot of chapters at the beginning of this course that were focused on not like the more boring things, but just things that like didn't excite me as much. And it would just be uh, explanation on how muscles work and like what's inside of a muscle or what's inside of your heart. And those things were fascinating, but they were also like, I I think at that point in time, I was also just like ready to get to the juice. I'm like, this is fantastic. But like, when am I going to get to the part where I learn about workouts? But that's the freaking thing. I was learning about them. I just didn't realize it at the time because I couldn't have understood what I'm learning now if I hadn't have learned all of those chapters that helped me get to that point. If I skipped my chapter on learning all about the heart, well then shoot, like might as well just stop the course, you know, because everything is intertwined and everything is these interdependent links just depending on one another and working together in this seamless machine. So it was so essential for me to learn and know all of those anatomy basics to understand how our body works so seamlessly together. And then when I'm, you know, explaining something in the gym or I'm learning about why this is beneficial for my body, I can I can think back like through the entire train and the entire knowledge that I've learned from start to finish and and see how things make sense. That was so stinking cool to me. And that sounds like so cheesy, but like our bodies are so cool. Like they're so smart. So smart. It's also kind of neat if you think about it from like a science experiment perspective. Anything with personal training is essentially a science experiment on our bodies. And that to me truly boggles my mind if I sit here and I think about it for too long I will send myself into a deep and dark spiral but it's so like it it gets me excited to think about like think about 
our body as the basis of a, of a science experiment. And every time we go to the gym, we are manipulating different variables to see how our bodies are going to react and how we can maybe tweak this thing to maybe see this result or we can um, work this muscle so then that this thing will happen or we can go on a run and that's going to in- increase our, our cardiorespiratory system. Like it's so stinking cool. And I don't know, I, I think the first time I ever kind of felt that sensation was through the, I always go back to my personal training, but it's because it's so impactful. When I did my um, three months with Madeline Faith Fitness, that was uh, a video that I, I filmed a video talking about working with an online personal trainer for three months. And that was a really impactful time for me. But I remember at that time, I was trying to reverse diet. I'm pretty sure that's what was happening. And I remember just thinking about it and how amazing it was that like I could just take something as simple as the energy that I put into my body and see what sort of response it was going to elicit. Like that was just, I don't know. It, it, it like overcame me. Like what? What? I don't know. Like, and, and it also just helped me recognize how important it is to be so kind to our body in all aspects, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, and just to, to give them so much respect because it does so freaking much for us. So when we, when we are manipulating all of these variables, I'm getting excited. Can you say, oh my golly, every episode I trip over my words, but I don't like to edit my podcast. I think it's like fun and genuine. So I just leave it in, but then I have to call myself out on it because Obviously, you noticed it when I'm like, ah, but it's, I don't know. It's fun. And then I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no. I think I'm just trying to say that like when you, manip- blah, 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 when you manipulate all these variables, it's really, really cool. It's really stinking cool. The final, my final, final, final favorite thing about this course that I've learned is something I knew beforehand, but it's it's neat to know a lot more about it. And that's just the basis and and premise and understanding of functional fitness. And I really loved that my course, I think, had a a great understanding of this and also didn't shy away from it. I think depending on where you get your credentials from, some programs are going to be biased towards certain programming or um, another. Like, for example, NASM created their own periodized scheduling, which is basically like how you, you plan out your training schedule for a client. And they talk about it, you know, constantly because like it's theirs. They trademarked it. It's something that they want to talk up. And they're like, this is the best way to do it because it's so universal. And you're like, yeah, it probably is. But this is also a little biased. But it's neat when uh, companies don't shy away from something as imperative as functional fitness. And when we're talking about functional fitness, really what we mean is when you're in the gym, how can you better your everyday life? If I have a load of clean laundry that I threw onto my couch and I need to fold it and I have to pick it up and I have to take it over to my room, when I squat down to pick up that load of laundry, I obviously I'm squatting, you know, and I am using my arms to carry that load into my bedroom where I can go and I can fold off the clothes, whatever. It's a funny example. But when I'm at the gym, whether I realize it or not, if I'm working on my squats, I'm therefore strengthening a skill that I will be um, cognizantly or 
maybe subconsciously using in my everyday life when I'm picking up the laundry or when I'm squatting down to pick up a heavy box at work or literally anything or a a hip hinge is a really common movement in our everyday lives. We're cleaning, we're bending over to pick up something. We are gardening, you know, little tiny things you don't realize are parts of our functional movement that we are perfecting in the gym. So the more that you can work on those things and strengthen them, the um, less of a risk of injury that you might have, the more ability for your body to maybe work out some imbalances from left to right, or even in my case, um, imbalances from front to back. I express this. I actually think I talked about this on the podcast. I express that I learned I have an anterior pelvic tilt through my studying and it was something that I knew I um, had a problem with, but I didn't realize how bad it was. And so much of it comes from being quite sedentary for the work that I do, just sitting at my desk all day long. And it was a great inspiration for getting a standing desk. It's just, you know, do you want to use your standing desk 100% of the time? No. In my case, no, I don't. I try to, but it's not always realistic. But I, I realized that a lot of the reasons for an anterior pelvic tilt could be very tight hip flexors, which is a common issue when you're, when you're sitting so often. So I've, I've learned to try and overcome that and I'm really trying to fix it and I feel like it's working. So if you're somebody who faces the same thing, let me explain how we can get ourselves to be, uh, no longer anteriorly tilted. (laughs) Um, basically if, if you're sitting a lot, your hip flexors are constantly, um, tense. They're constantly, you know, contracted. So what I do most every morning now before I'm going to sit down and do some work and before I go to the gym is I stretch out my hip flexors. It's one of the best ways that you can um, make those overactive muscles no longer overactive. So I stretch them constantly, like constantly. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Constantly, constantly. And I just hold it on each side for about 30 seconds, maybe do one or two rounds, and then I carry on throughout my day. Uh, the next thing that you would want to do also is to strengthen the opposite muscles. So in my case, that would be um, my glutes, my hamstrings, and my abs, for example. So anytime I'm at the gym, I'm going to want to make sure that I'm also trying to strengthen those muscles while stretching out my hip flexors. Just an example. Just a fun little example. But I think if, if I hadn't have done like a course like this, I would have never known that. You know, I would have never had that understanding that that was why this is happening and these are things that I can do to fix it. I think it's it's amazing. So yeah, I really just appreciated that so much of my textbook shared how important and imperative working on your functional fitness is. And it's just workouts that complement your everyday life. So now I have learned that I have this, um, I guess impairment could be the right word, but I've learned that I have this tilt in my pelvis and it is important for me to recognize that when I'm still living that sedentary sedentary lifestyle. So I'm I'm counteracting all of the negative things that might be happening as a result of that. It's um, 
bad posture that you might have hunched over shoulders working to fix out those compensations. You know, you're you're moving every day to to better your life in the gym and outside of the gym. I thought it was really cool and there's so much more to functional fitness than just like the basic movement patterns, but it definitely helped open my eyes a lot more to understand like why that's just so cool and I think that ties really well into my my first favorite thing, which is enjoyment. Because ultimately when you're enjoying your workouts, you're also enjoying your everyday life and those two can just kind of complement each other quite nicely. And I mean, if you're also into it, you can keep going on further and work on your um, hypertrophy, trying to grow your muscle size, trying to work out for a certain physique or aesthetic. Those are totally fine things too, but it all comes down to like that basic foundational understanding of um, functionality. And I freaking love that. I freaking love it. I don't think I really have uh, too many questions to flick through this week because I put up a question poll on my Instagram and I answered, I would say I tried to get through a bunch of them when I was filming a Q&A video, but one of the ones that I didn't get a chance to answer just because, um, actually there's literally no reason. One of the questions I didn't answer is our question of the week for today, which is, do you have any plans to get Reese another sibling, hopefully a new pup and the family coming soon? And the answer is, I freaking wish. I would absolutely love to get Reese a sibling. I think that she deserves one. She needs one. But there's a few things here. The first is that I would just refuse to do that until we move. I, I just need space for her. We took her to the dog park yesterday. I swear it could like bring me to tears just thinking about it. The minute we let that dog off her leash, thankfully it was empty so we could just kind of go wild. But the minute we let her off the leash, like she just it was sprinting. She was loving it. It was the time of her life and that breaks my heart to think she needs that and she just wants the space to go around and run in. And I mean we exercise her so much. We play with her so much in the apartment, but there's only so much you can do in a thousand square foot apartment. You know, like you, you just need that outdoor space for her. And I couldn't imagine bringing another dog into this space, especially if we got another Labradoodle that they, they're just such high energy dogs. It, it, to me, it just doesn't seem fair. So there's that, the space. Um, also, I think primarily I would be the one raising the dog and that's totally fine. I'm, I mainly raised Reese just because of the fact I'm mostly always home, but, uh, it, it can be a lot and I feel like I travel a lot and I do have a lot of traveling things coming up, um, which does remind me not this upcoming week, but the week afterwards. So like May, May 15th, I think there will be no podcast episode. I will be on a family vacation for the first time in, I want to say like 10 years, could be longer. I'm not even kidding. But um, yes, family vacation, super sick and excited. But next week we will still have a podcast. But anywho, I feel like I've got a lot of traveling things coming up and it's hard enough when that happens because we normally have to give race away to, well, she has to go over to um, Keith's dad's house where he watches her or uh, Keith's sister's house. And it's just a lot like we always feel like we are burdening them by doing that and, you know, their family. But at the same time, I don't think it would be responsible to get another dog when I'm already having to burden other people to watch Reese. You know, she's a fun dog and she's fun loving and hopefully they love her. But she's also a handful because she's crazy. <laughs> she is a wild girl. Okay. Um, 
wellness tip of the week. This is a fun one. Hopefully fun. I think it's fun. This is inspired by that one nagging chore that you have that is chomping you at the bits and it's sitting in the back of your brain. You're probably thinking of it right now and you haven't done it for God knows whatever reason. Set a timer. Just set a timer for however long you think it's going to take to get that task done and just do it. Maybe you have a few. Just set a timer for like 10 minutes and get as much done as you can for those little annoying nagging tasks. Maybe it's like hanging up a picture that you've been needing to hang up on your wall. Maybe it's, um, in my case, I have a air mattress that has just been sitting in my office for God knows what reason. My friend came over and she slept on it and that was a month ago now and we just haven't put it away in our storage unit which is so silly. So like, why have I not done that? Let's do that. Let's put away my suitcase. Let's do the dishes. Like whatever. Is there's just that one little task that finally feels better once you've gotten it off your plate. I also hate, 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 hate going to uh, any kind of mailroom, UPS, FedEx, uh, USPS. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just like the burden of in my case, it's always returns online orders and I have to print out the label. You got to smack it on. You got to tape up the box. You got to drive all the way over to the post office and you got to drop it. You got to wait in line or or what? I don't know. It's something that bothers me so much and it is a chore that burdens, burdens me until I get it done. So mark those things off your list this week. Put them down on your to-do list and actually cross them off and you're going to feel like you have a 400 pound backpack that you just took off and it's going to feel so amazing. So amazing. For me, honestly, my burden this week is the exam. I think once it's over, I'm going to feel like a new woman. That's another thing with a dog. Like there's just so much in Keith and I's life happening right now. If we got a dog, I just think I would implode. Like there's just, there's a lot happening. We've got vacation. We've got, um, my blind, my mind goes blank. We've got my exam. I just got a part-time job. So like I'm kind of working on all of those logistics. Um, he's kind of transitioning a little bit in work. There's just, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot. And I'll, I'll continue to share more. I promise. Winkity wink. Uh, but those are, those are my wellness tips and my questions of the week. And I am signing off with a lot of um, nerves and anxiousness for what is to come, but I am hopefully going to be logging on to the podcast this time next week, letting you all know that I am now a certified personal trainer. And that that is just the tip of the iceberg, baby. We're going to keep learning from there and bettering one another, and I'm, I'm very excited for what is to come. I hope dear God, that I study enough and I practice enough that I will pass this week. Uh, If you have any suggestions, if you've taken the test in the past before and there's something that you wish you studied more, um, send it my way. Let me know. Um, Talk in our Geneva group chat if there's something specific so I can see it because I've been so bad about reading DMs because like I said, I've been off social media. So if there's something that you want me to see, um, chat it up in Geneva. Let me know. I love you all so stinking much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being loyal and supportive and kind and also just helpful throughout this whole process. I'm annoying myself talking about my study schedule. I'm sure you're annoyed, but here we are. We're finally at the end of it. If you are studying for any exam right now, I'm sending you all of my love and encouragement and support. You've got this. You are prepared. And we have our little saying. This is what I tell myself before any interview or any kind of big life event. I repeat to myself out loud. I am confident, 
competent, and thriving. Keith also misquoted this once when he used to edit my podcast. He would say confident, competent, and able, which also works. We like that too. But really it's it's a double whammy because it's a little bit of an alliteration. So you get your tongue a little bit warmed up for the words that you might be speaking in your interview. Or you just speak out loud all of these wonderful affirmations about yourself and it kind of starts to have you believe them, believe it or not. You're like, yeah, I am freaking confident and I'm competent and I'm able and I'm thriving. It's fan freaking tastic. I swear it works every time and also helps my nerves. I just kind of like calm myself by repeating this out loud because then I start to, you know, actually embody it. It's fantastic. Try it. I mean it. Thank you for listening. I love you all. We'll talk next week. Bye.